My dear parishioners and friends of St. Anne's, I greet all of you who join us in the pews today, as well as those who join us by way of the electronic media, and want to wish you all a very happy 4th of July weekend as our nation celebrates its anniversary of independence. It's so easy to say that we as Americans are independent. So many privileges and lawful rights have come about as Americans who celebrate our national independence. Historically, of course, our independence as a budding group of colonies 254 years ago was the result of primarily our freedom from the abuses of the free exercise of religion. In large measure, our forefathers and mothers came to this land to forge a new republic freed from the abuses of tyrannical rule and religious oppression. I've always been concerned, however, that as we celebrate our independence this weekend on this historic anniversary, that we are not celebrating our freedom from religion, but our freedom of religion. That's a big distinction, which I think has been blurred for many decades now. So we are a people of freedom, celebrating, among other reasons, our freedom of religion, not our freedom from religion. Our founding fathers authored a magnificent charter for the freedom of religion. They weren't necessarily the most religiously practicing men of their day, but that is very important to note because the practice of religion can still be respected, as it was in their day, as a human and natural right. I think it was providential that Thomas Jefferson, who really never practiced formal religion at all as we know it, was at the same time so intelligent as to respect the freedom of persons to practice their religion without the abuse of control of the state. I say it was providential because so many think erroneously that if one wants to promote the free exercise of religion in our land, that you somehow have to be religious. And therefore, you're somehow biased or prejudiced because you're religious. Well, there's nothing farther from the truth, as Jefferson thought, among others, who framed our Constitution. What makes America truly blessed, if we can say that, is that we have the freedom, the true freedom to practice religion. What I'm saying is that our founding fathers didn't guarantee us a freedom from religion. They understood, even as philosophically inspired thinkers and authors of the Constitution, that a nation that did not respect religion or permit a people under law to practice their beliefs without the encroachment of the state would eventually perish, as civilizations had before. They had seen history. They understood it. They had been well-versed in the classical and neoclassical philosophies of their day and understood well the relation and distinction between church and state, as we say. They knew the abuses of monarchs who would use the church for their own ends, taxation of church property, confiscation of church property, imprisoning and executing clergy and religious laity, all of which led to anarchy. And we see some of the vestiges of that in some form today 
The so-called separation of church and state was never envisioned by Washington or Jefferson. Such a radical separation was artificially invented much later, about 1890. And it's not a natural development from the Constitution. Now, the founding fathers of our beloved republic envisioned a relatively agreeable and complementary role of state and religion. Not a separation, but a healthy and mutually serving harmony between the two, distinct, not separate. Oh, we've come very far from that initial wisdom, and I wonder, I wonder. We say as a nation, God bless America, and to people who invoke, in God we trust. But the agenda seems anything but that. I just wonder. No conspiracy theories here. I'm just wondering. And I wonder, as I sometimes wander in this time of uncertainty, given all of our present national report card on so many fronts, whether we ought to celebrate this weekend in a very real and spiritual sense. Actually, a paradox. That is to say, while we celebrate independence on the one hand, we should be mindful to celebrate our spiritual dependence on the other. A dependence. You see, we're ultimately dependent, not independent from God. We don't find our true freedom from God, away from God, but in God. That's why we say, in God we trust. And we trust God with a certain spiritual dependency, not because we are not free, but because we are only truly free when we depend upon God. And I would submit to you when God depends upon us. But that's a matter of our choice. This brings us to the gospel today, which our divine Lord tells his disciples to depend upon him for everything. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. You see, Jesus is telling us that we can't do all of this on our own. We can't think that we are truly free when we ignore his power and grace to do his work. It's his work, but he depends upon us to do that work through us, for us, and in us. This is why he uses the powerful image of a yoke to illustrate for us his desire to come to do our work, to assist us in our trials, and to afford us a special power to confront all of our ills and worries and concerns with a real sense of of ease. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Our Lord wishes to make the burden easier. He doesn't necessarily take away the burden, but he definitely wants to share that burden. And that's a very different revelation than any religion the world has ever known has ever understood about God. Now he says, Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for yourselves. We hear so often these days, in light of the pandemic and other national crises, we hear the phrase, we can get through this 
together. There's a certain invitation in those words to do this together, to depend upon each other, to work together with a real spirit of cooperation and not competition, to work with harmony, not hate, to work for unity rather than division. And that's what's also really going on with the invitation our Lord gives to us when he says, come to me, take my yoke upon you. He gives us his yoke and says in so many words, put your head into this side of the yoke and I'll put mine into the other side and together we can forge a stronger unity with a more efficient power to work this out. We can get through this together. Now that requires not independence from God, not freedom from religion, but dependence upon God, a freedom of and through and in religion, the free exercise of religion. Now maybe there's a big piece of this puzzle which might be missing from the complex equation of civil life today. Actually, it's nothing new. And that's why our divine Lord tells us, come to me. Come to me. See, it seems that we can lighten our own load of the burdens which weigh us down. We can think that we can do this on our own because we've been told we are independent. And that we can find our own way out of hell. No. No, we're not free when we're not dependent upon God. He doesn't say, go and solve your problems on your own, don't bother me. He doesn't say you're independent. You need me. You need me. Other religions would never dare to think that God would even care to get involved in our lowly state of affairs. No, the truth about God, revealed by Jesus, who is consubstantial with the divine, is that God made us to know, to love, and to serve him first. So we can't really do as much on our own as we could do with him. So he really does care. That's what he's saying. Come to me. Don't go away from me. Don't run away from me. Come to me. He wants to be involved with us. That's why he became man, in order to serve us, to save us, because we couldn't save ourselves. Additionally, there's a very real sense here of interdependence going on. In other words, Jesus is telling us a very real truth about our relationship with him. Namely, that while we need him, he also, in a real sense, needs us. He needs us to do his work. That's why he established the church. And he can only do that work effectively when we give him permission to take our burdens and worries, and yes, especially our sins, to crush them for us, to crucify them on the cross for us. And that's why the Mass, dear friends, is so crucial. The Mass is the spiritual offering of the divine God-man Jesus 
to God the Father for us that comes about by power of God, the Holy Spirit. At this Mass, on this altar of sacrifice, it is essentially the work of our divine Savior, once again represented today at St. Anne's and every day in every church on every altar for the last 2,000 years until the end of time, wherein we give permission to him to take our burdens and our sins and to offer them up to the Heavenly Father. So the Mass is the very real act of our utter dependence. It's a dependence upon God, upon him, to accomplish this divine act of mercy for us and for the world. This is my body, which is for you. This is my blood, which is for you, so that sins may be forgiven. And at the same time, the graces which flow from this divine sacrifice come back to us as a gift that make our burden lighter, easier. It's when we think that we can do this on our own, when we're independent, that's when the burden actually becomes heavier and often overwhelming. I just don't know how people do this without divine assistance. I don't know how they do it without faith in a loving, caring, and merciful God. So, you have a burden, perhaps several burdens right now. Name them. Or name at least one today. What's your burden? Do you have a physical burden? Do you have financial burdens? Burdens of addiction? Burdensome relationships at home or at work? Emotional burdens and worries, political or economic worries about your own future? Worries about your loved ones or children? Worries, 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 burdens, anxieties, fears, doubt, despair? Oh, the list goes on and on. I don't know anyone in this life who is ever truly happy. I've always said from this pulpit, leave happiness for heaven, friends. Settle for joy. Lower the expectation. Because, see, our Lord is not going to take away the burdens. He doesn't say, I promised you a rose garden. And if he did, we all know about rose bushes. They have thorns. No, he doesn't take away our burdens. He says, look, I'm going to help you. Place my yoke upon you. Let's do this together. We can do this together. See, that's what he's saying. And then comes the gift when we hand over ourselves to him in this mutual relationship. He says, and you will find rest. Rest. Sunday used to be a day of rest. At least it's supposed to be. Perhaps the time we spend today in rest from all the busyness, the business of life, is made holy by the blessed assurance that our Lord wants to give us rest. He understands the burden. Look at the cross, friends. This is the only religion in which God 
through man, dies, takes up a cross, a burden, falls under the weight of that burden. Very few were there to help him. Simon, Veronica, a few women of Jerusalem, very few, very few helped him. They ran. They were independent. They were free from him, some thought. But when we rest, we may not experience happiness from our burdens, but I do think we experience a relative moment of calm, and I think that's what we mean by joy. It's a realistic acceptance of the burden, but it's a burden that's made lighter because Jesus wants to share it. So I may not be happy in this life, but I can find a true sense of joy in this life, knowing that I'm not alone in carrying my cross, my burden, but that there's someone there to help me carry it with me and for me so that I don't stumble and fall under its heavy weight. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Each of us comes to him. And now, in a moment, he comes to us in his divine body and blood. And we meet together here in this holy place. He cannot deceive us ever. No, he says and reassures us, we can do this together. So, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate our spiritual dependence and our spiritual interdependence with the one who is always there for us to lift us up and to share the burden. You are never alone. He is with us, for us, to aid and assist with his grace. So, Lift up your hearts. Rejoice. A blessed day of dependence to all of you.